voicemail greetings. Okay. Record. Let's see. Did it work? Uh, good day. <laughs> this is Lauren Shales, the host of Co-host. Forbes Magazine's 5,000 <laughs> Best Harry Potter Podcast, The Sorting Chat. Please. <laughs> I hate myself. Or actually, if you could, just please text me because that is better. Okay. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Hey, it's me, your old pal. Do I just hit decline? Sure. Hey there, I'm Dale, and you've reached my phone. Um, I can't, you know, answer it, so you should probably text me, but if you can't, call me back, and I'll try to answer your phone call. But, honestly, my phone's... Honestly, my phone's probably on Do Not Disturb, so, yeah. So, no, just text me. Just text me, y'all. Tell him, please record At no point do you suggest that they leave a fucking message. (laughs) At no point. (laughs) No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't change it. You should leave it. (laughs) I should leave it? Of course. (laughs) Because you really don't want those messages, like, you know, cluttering up your inbox. I mean, I don't want you to... Look, either call me back until you get me or text me. I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that should be serious. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Hey, welcome to the sorting chat. <laughs> I'll definitely do that. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, no, yeah, definitely. Here's our podcast. It's called the sorting chat. Welcome. Welcome to it tonight. We've been having a grand Leave old a time. <laughs> Leave a message. No, text. Text, text Please us. Please text us. What's going on? I'm Lauren. Somebody else say their damn name. <laughs> okay, and this. I'm Sherry. I'm Dale, and this is the sorting chat. I've said that. Oh. They know. We're the best podcast that you're going to listen to, uh, today <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably claim. true no that's probably true i'm eating she asked me what i was eating and um beef <laughs> but but a but a beef slices oh yeah deli. it's like 40 cents a pack get you some are you no, what are you what are you beef. drinking me yeah um well you have a fancy beverage? Well, yes. I have um, a Speedway Club Chill 32-ounced ounced Coca-Cola. Mm. And to return to form, Manischewitz. Mm. Multiple Double beverages. Double fisting it again tonight. Mm. I also have a cheese plate and a beef You pack. just are having a party. Like, no, I, I understand. Am. Sometimes I gotta have multiple beverages. Like, right now, my husband, actually, he brought me tea. So this is Sweet Dreams. By Bigelow, and I mm. have a nice Tervis tumbler filled with vodka, Cranras, Lacroix, and a splash of OJ. Mm. It is a delicious combination. You should try it. It's kind of like a you know vodka soda with a twist. I mean, it's delicious. I love it. What are you drinking? 
Me? I'm yeah. drinking macadamia milk. Let me ask you this. Yes. Nut milks. How do they milk the nut? <laughs> okay. Well. I don't care. Macadamia milk. <laughs> no, it's it's weird. Like, it says, it's what does it say on the box? Like, from free-range trees. No, that's got to be a joke, <laughs> What the right? fuck is a free-range tree? I don't know. I think they're making fun of you. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, so I'm drinking macadamia milk from free-range macadamia trees. I don't know what that means, but it's delicious. It means Wait, maybe it, it actually it means I didn't plant them. Like, I have no idea. It means I could roam free in the wilderness, um, like chickens roam free, free range. But they're trees. I know. I'm just, I'm spitting. Maybe they're like I don't ants. Know. They're ants. What if, what if they were ants? They're <laughs> ants. <laughs> Macadamia ants. Well, Macadamia then you just ants. you just milk them like any old other. They have teats. The teat of the ant is a delicacy. <laughs> what are we talking about? We were going to talk about, like, wizard pedagogy and maybe, like, privilege. Yep. Those, were those, not, sound... those were not related. Well, no. Those I wanted to real fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about this. It's going to be fun. So Sherry uh, sent a picture, a screenshot of a tweet. I guess it's a tweet. Yeah. And um and it's from Spoopy Spoopy Witchcraft at <laughs> Illegal Hex. And she writes, Harry Potter is a story of a white boy who is told he is very special, gets into a prestigious public school because of his parents, inherits vast sums of wealth, takes credit for his friends' works while nearly getting them killed multiple times. It ends with him becoming a cop. In the voice of Hagrid check your privilege Harry. <laughs> spelled wrong when like it's while funnier, i was, while I was I trying was... to do that when describing it one of you try to do it now the voice check your yeah oh i can't do it oh god hold on check your privilege harry it's sound like check, a pirate uh what the hell is everything a pirate you're a wizard you're a wizard harry no <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 a wizard harry you sounded Sorry. exactly like kermit Kermit the Frog. I don't know, man. We were just talking. I talked to Zach about it, and because uh, I, I like to hear his opinions on on that. And he was like, "It seem," and I, I kind of agree with with what Sherry was saying. And then there's another part of me that kind of agrees with what Zach was saying, which was it kind of sounds a bit reductive to like the overall story. Well, yes, it is a tweet. You know, obviously, there's so much more to his story than that. But 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 taking credit for his friend's works, I I felt like you know more so he's trying to reduce his own abilities and say that they helped, they did it was that it wasn't just about him. But maybe I'm mistaken on that. Which which specific things are you like thinking about? Because I think there's a lot of examples of him taking credit for like other people like helping him and him kind of being the hero. Well, I think you know that he always sort of mentioned that he was in the right place at the right time and that it wasn't just like he fought this battle he was just lucky you know what i mean yes he's acknowledging his privilege that's what's happening in these situations so what we're doing right is not is not to say that that this is what the story is about we're this is a theory discussion Uh we are looking at at the book through the lens of privilege privilege so now go find the find the examples of privilege Mm -hmm. 
Well, def yeah, definitely the, the mountains of gold. and Yeah, that you know, helps. The yeah, the mountains of gold. The but he gets away with a lot of stuff that just, like, random wizard off the street would not get away with. Well, yeah, oh, definitely. Because of his yeah. birth. Because of... Yeah, but well, that's not exactly what privilege is. Right, right, exactly. I, I agree. Like, not just because of his birth, but because of the fact that he was... He survived this this kind of horrible thing, which is being almost being killed by this wizard, right? So... Well, it's interesting because most people are born into their privilege and never mm -hmm. notice it. The thing about Harry is that he is born into the privilege, doesn't actually live right. with it, and then steps into it and is like, what in the hell is mm -hmm. going on? For a yeah. while. Not not, not all. I mean, eventually he, he grows into right. it, right? He uses mm -hmm. it. Especially with, like, Slughorn. And, but then again, he's being, Dumbledore is, is coaching him to do that. I mean that's that's a little bit separate from 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 privilege in that it is it's influence uh which is part of yeah. privilege. Let's just say that he did um, you know he did get to where he is by his own you know he didn't pick himself up by his bootstraps to get himself where he is. He literally did right. nothing. He's famous for not dying. Um I haven't died yet so Right. He's I mean he did he did like Get, like, he did, you know, have a whole battle with Voldemort on multiple occasions. Yes, afterwards. But when we... Oh, we you know, mean in the beginning when he, at... he's famous at the beginning. Yeah. Not, like, when he's famous at the right. end. Yeah, no, for sure. Right. And when he steps into his place of yeah. privilege, he's yet to do anything. Exactly. You know, for a long time in a really shitty existence. Yeah. This is one of the, the things deal. I was thinking about when we were talking about, like, privilege and then thinking about it within the constructs of like a wizarding society is that there's different layers of identity than like what we would have yes that's exactly in, like mm -hmm. normal human society oh, and no. one of the things you have to like think about in that sense is like intersectionality right but in this case incorporating like not just like race and gender but also like the other like layer of identity that you would bring into that would be like blood status mm. and so even though he's mm -hmm. not a muggle-born like having grown up in the muggle world kind of gives him a different um, a different experience than people that are brought up in wizarding society. Which, yeah. just as a digression, I was thinking about this. So I was thinking about, like, the way that race plays into the wizarding world, right? And if we think about, like, Fantastic Beasts, like the movie, in the United States, they have, like, a black president of the Magical Congress, right? So, black female right, president. So maybe, like, race doesn't play the same role in the wizarding world that it does in the muggle world. But then if you think about people like Dean Thomas, right? He grew up in the muggle right. world as a black man mm -hmm. um, where mm -hmm. race is a factor. And then went into the wizarding world as, like, a muggle-born, you know, and I just... I don't know. I was thinking about like what that experience is like for him and like compared to like Harry's or Ron's or whoever's and it was an interesting thought experiment. It's interesting yeah. because she didn't write a thing about race and hardly except to sometimes describe race mm -hmm. and to sometimes or at least once give a character kind of a racist name. I'm talking of course about Cho Chang. Yeah. I um wait, it why almost is... makes me want to think about the fact that I maybe... I, I nope. Sorry, she wants to know why Cho Chang is racist. It just sounds racist. I mean, it's Parvati Patil. All the why did the what, like? But, but, but isn't there people out there named Cho Chang? Like, how is that a racist name if people are? named I don't Cho think Chang? there are people out there named Cho Chang. 
because Chang is supposed to be like a stereotypical like Chinese name and Cho is I believe like a Korean name. I mean she could be um Korean and Chinese and that's what her parents I guess. Is. I don't know. Scottish. I, I definitely don't know. I, I'm not I feel inept in this situation. She just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's racist necessarily. Well, I do think it is. But it's just one of those things where, like, you've got this Asian character, and the only way you can tell us that she's racist is to give, or, no, <laughs> that she's Asian is to give her this this alliterative name. She does the same with the Indian twins. Yeah. That sounds the way it sounds. Um, Could it be for the sake of... And the, well, it's shorthand, but yeah. it's not good shorthand, I don't think. That, you know, that that was, you know, just for me, for my understanding of, like, she wanted to, you know, make sure that there were different cultures represented, and that was, like, the way to do it. I think she could, think so. she could describe them, though, without, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they all have and, outrageous names. It's just that it stands out more because they're they're people of, of color. Yeah. Um. Ron Weasley is a fucking outrageous is name, that, right? I mean, Billius, sure, but... Yes. R- Ronald is... Weasley? When I think of Seamus I Finnegan, I think that is... She- yeah, that's also a very, most, like, hey, look, he's Irish. That's a fucking, yeah Irish name. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, What's the kid that uh, was had his name down for Eaton? Oh, What's his name? Ernie McMillan? Uh, Justin, Justin Finch Fletchley. Fletchley. That's your favorite one, right? Justin's it is, yeah. So I don't know. I think maybe she was just applying the same rubric to to all the right. names, and maybe not thinking about how it sounded. Yeah, I, I yeah. I always want to believe like the best and the most understanding. Well, the thing is that people don't always things are do things are. like that intentionally, right? Like people mm-hmm. have internalized yeah. right these same. ideas without doing it, like you know with some sort of malicious or like you know but we are yeah. often racist without trying to be oh racist. exactly because of the nature i feel of, like i'm gonna say something racist tonight and not even know it we live in a situation where the heroes of our literature are mostly white people you know what i mean and 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 white every men. book and white men i mean and when every book that i've read every you know jane austen and you know it's all white people it's all you know and I don't. And I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I've ever read any sort of literature with a black heroine or hero, and you know, not because I wasn't searching it out, but just because I was just reading books that were popular. Like I, I tend to read books that are going to be adapted into films. It just probably makes me sound terrible, but that's what I do. Plus, I, I, I mostly read a lot of historical fiction about, like, the monarchy, which is, like, the whitest white <laughs> of all white you could ever read. But where I'm getting at in all this is this overwhelming sense of trying to understand what it means, you know, because I look at him and I see a, ne- a neglected child with an awful form, with awful formative years, and then, you know... By and large, you, the, the fairy tale dream happens of him waking up one day and he's not in that position anymore, or so you know, sim- not really. So he wakes up, and I think as any American or any child, white or not, waking up and finding out that you're able to get into a school and you're a wizard and you have money and you have a way to kind of separate yourself from the Dursleys and you know all these things that set him apart and make him special, I want to say that, yes, he does somehow have these moments where he is not untouched by that. But there, but there are a lot of moments where he's 
I feel like he's very, uh, has humility about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. But so, so like the thing about, I mean, there's a lot of parts to that, but like the thing about something like privilege or like whiteness is that you can't really think about it just in terms of like individuals and Mm -hmm. it's more of like a structural or like systemic condition. Right. And so, and to go back to this idea that like that identity is not the only privileged identity in this kind of fictional world, right? So it's not... Or indeed any world. Well, yeah, but to like just like him, you know being white isn't the only thing we're talking about in this kind of context. We're also talking about him being like from a wizarding family and like, yeah, so that's part, like that's something he didn't grow up with and like he fell into it later. And so the earlier part of his existence, he didn't have that privilege, but he still Mm -hmm. had, you know, in the society he was existing in was still born into this like one subset Mm -hmm. of, you know, privilege. And then once he gets into the wizarding world, he does have, a lot of things kind of handed to him and he does get off easy in a lot of situations, even though he had, you know, a shitty childhood and even though other bad things have happened to him, he still has an easier time of, of things than other people might have. Yeah. So he, like, like you, like you said, he's, he's, and like we both, like we're all saying, he steps into this world, he's handed this new identity and for a while grapples with it in a, you know, saying like, I don't, I didn't do anything. I but ultimately he doesn't use his very unique perspective of being completely unaware. I mean, he and Hermione come from a similar place, but she doesn't have this the same privilege that he has as is demonstrated time and again throughout the books um of blood status. Blood status, yeah. Um so all the causes that that she fights for, he should really be because of his unique perspective of how wrong it is to be handed something that you didn't earn. Mm. He really should be just as, I mean, maybe not, um, because who, who among us would not accept that handout? Yeah. That's um, what I'm saying. Like if that happened to me, if that happened to anybody, I feel like it would just be like, cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, and he, does, the, he does struggle with and it at for the a end while. Of the day, he is willing to like, like literally sacrifice himself to try to protect everybody else so like maybe like he comes around at the end of it to try to use like i don't know to use himself for for the good of sure but even in those like moments where he's like trying to protect them and then in the end like they come along and like they destroy some of the horcruxes and they do all this thing but like at the end of the day who's probably going to get the credit for it it's really mostly just going to be him mostly yeah like i feel like he is he does grapple with that does that make sense? That notoriety of, of, of getting pinned with all of that? Making okay. sense? I, I, I think we keep um, circling around the same couple of ideas, which is you can have a good heart and still benefit from your privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, let's think about the three of them and their different levels of, of privilege. Because uh, I feel like one thing that kept circling around in my head was that uh, Ron... Is the perfect example his his parents' financial situation aside of somebody who was born into a fair amount of privilege. Right. Um, he's white. I mean, I, again, assuming that 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 race again, she didn't write anything about right race at all. This whole aside, if we're just going to talk about what's in the books, um, he has his parents are married mm-hmm. to each other. Uh, father gainfully employed. Um, ha- you know, they have a home. He doesn't seem to ever worry about where his next meal is going to come from, even though they, they are supposedly poor. Um, you know, he's, he seems to be fairly, fairly comfortable and he's, uh, has the advantage of right. full blood status. Um, 
Purifying yeah, which is what you were saying was that that is kind of an allegory for systemic issues with race. And then we have these two friends that come in. Hermione, who, you know, is a is a is the worst kind of blood you can be, yeah. apparently, and uh, is suddenly performing But yeah, know, so the thing perfectly. about Hermione, though, is being like a muggle-born, it's like the you know, the expression that you have to work twice as hard to get half as much, right? So go. she's a woman mm-hmm. and she's a muggle-born yep. and she has so to, So she like, has to work four times as hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, just to get by, which, like, Harry and Ron do easily with, like, mm-hmm. actively not trying. Right. There's that phrase mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, oh, she's really good for a muggle. Yeah, like, that comes up a lot. Like, yeah. with the slughorn, like... Say, um, oh yeah, it's being like, surprised that someone could be, you know, impressive as a Muggleborn. As a Muggleborn, yeah. You have to think, even though Ron says Ron defends, you know, Hermione against um, Draco um, and says, you know, oh, some people think like this, but the rest of us know better. But there, it has to be some kind of latent, like leftover mm-hmm. um, uh, guys. I've had ha- more than half a bottle of wine. I can't think of the goddamn word prejudice against um muggleborns and so i i I wonder yes she is obnoxious in the first book but it has to be extra galling as a as a a pure blood wizard Mm -hmm. you know what he's so annoyed by her in a way that harry is not yeah um i don't know i think it's like a lot of it's internalized right like even if they're not realizing that they're doing it it's because the way and like if you think about and i'll talk about this more if we're going to talk about wizarding school later but the way that they learn about muggles the way they talk about muggles it's it's funny because i've been so we're like i'm teaching uh critical theory and post-colonialism this week Mm -hmm. in my class and we're talking about edward said and orientalism which is just the idea that like western academics um orientalize which is like essentialize people from the middle east and uh east asia and make them kind of exotic and foreign and like romanticize these other cultures that they're not familiar with but also kind of infantilize them mm. um and the same with a lot of other Cho like Chang. <laughs> the same with a lot of other like post-colonial uh critiques is that like you are kind of infantilizing or um being like adopting like, kind of a patrimonial attitude towards um towards people you don't understand as a way to feel better about going on like civilizing missions or telling them what to do or like meddling in their their lives because like Mm -hmm. oh they don't know how to do that for themselves and if you think about the way that they talk about muggles throughout the book Mm -hmm. like in the muggle studies classes it's like pictures of them lifting heavy objects and like the weasleys are what they figured out how to do yeah the weasleys are always (laughs) kind of like oh bless their hearts they know how to like climb an escalator or whatever um and it's yeah so i think it's a lot of this kind of like talking down about them and like that Mm -hmm. pervades throughout their culture like throughout the like wizarding like the rhetoric they have about muggles you would have to have internalized some of that kind of just like oh Oh, well they shouldn't be as good as me like the idea that someone who can't speak our language or whatever it seems like they're less intelligent when in fact they're not we just don't yeah they just don't know how to speak our language this oh, yeah. is this is a crossroads between these two. Nope, I got to start over. <laughs> Lauren's so I'm drunk. Tried, I'm a little bit drunk. I had a hard day. Me too. <laughs> That's a fucking lie. I didn't. Um, 
I'm trying to sort of bridge the gap, even though we're not really going to move on. We don't have to move on to this other topic of like pedagogical. How the fuck do you say that word? Pedagogical. Model, you know, uh, your fucking teaching plans. Yeah. And the way that um, wizards treat, you know, think about muggles is I was just thinking about we were talking about in the last episode um, whether or not. There were, like, wizard primary schools, and Sherry mentioned that she thought in, you know, places like Godric's Hollow and Hogsmeade, where the population is major, you know, a majority wizards. Right. Um, that, it, you know, they would have a primary school. But what in the hell for those poor muggles, those few muggles that go to those primary schools? Because li- we know that there are some muggles who live in, in Godric's oh, I, Hollow. I wouldn't think they would go to those schools, though. I would think well, it would be one of those, like, kind of, you know... Like right. access, like members only. Yeah. Okay. But let's imagine, let's imagine for shit <laughs> that, that we've got a school, oh a school that it's uh, that. So you've got Godric's Hollow, which let's pretend I don't know what the statistics are. Let's pretend it's eighty percent wizard, mm-hmm. 80, 85% wizard, and you got a a few families here and there that are Muggle that have no idea what the fuck is going on in town all the time. <laughs> just like, what is what? I mean, it's it's a dope place to live, but like, you know, did you see that lady over there? Like, she's wearing a goddamn. Why is everybody wearing their bathrobes out of the house, man? Like, and then they send their kids to school, and and the kids find out that their teacher doesn't know what a fucking television is or a, or a phone. I mean. You know, she says, oh, I, you know, I've peed my pants. I need to call my mom. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me, darling. What? Do you want me to send an owl? Oh, no, no, no. Listen, I pooped my pants. No, you didn't. <laughs> Check again, little Jeff. Check again. <laughs> wow. You're the greatest teacher I ever had. I fell down in a puddle, a large puddle of pee-pee. <laughs> Not your own. I was in no, that, that's why it was terrible. I was. It's making me sick thinking about it now. <laughs> okay, guys, I don't know if you can see this. You can't. You listen to a podcast. But uh, Lauren Childs just visibly gagged. Yeah. At the thought of. I fell down in a large puddle of pee at the end of the bathroom oh. in second or third grade. Oh, no. I don't know what the fuck happened in that, but anyway, long story short, I had to go to the office and get a replacement pants, and they were large <laughs> green, <laughs> large green uh, sweatpants oh, no. that said in a Sharpie marker, or Owen County Elementary School, so that uh, everybody knew what the fuck had pee happened. Pee pants. They were the pee pants, yes, and I was like, it wasn't my pee. This has happened to me twice in my life. Oh, because I need to tell you, it happened as an adult in a different way. You fell in some pee-pee? Sort of. I got <laughs> onto the Vortex, which is a roller coaster at Kings Island. And there was I sat piss down in the seat. And, and somebody pissed in the seat. No! But I couldn't get, I had to, you know, I rode the roller coaster, I got out, and oh, I told the guy, gross, somebody gross. peed in this seat. So then they did the thing where they wipe it down, and they run it, the car, empty one cycle to dry it off. Did he believe? And you? now everybody thinks that I did it because you. Can, everybody knows what the fucking deal is. Everybody thought I peed. You just walk off and you just be like, "Man, that fucking roller coaster is intense." But did you know when yeah. you sat down that it happened? You couldn't get out. I could tell that it was wet, but I thought it was just like 
moisture, but I could, you know, by the end. Oh, God. I don't want to get too, like, oh. nasty into Did it, but pee? it was very obvious. I did not. Okay. Dale once made a girl laugh so hard she peed her pants, and then she very kindly told the teacher in private and got her escorted out of the room. So I'm asking, had the teacher been Minerva McGonagall, how do you think she would have responded? You know, I feel like... To a pee pants situation. Yeah, I feel like she would have totally been cool. Because Minerva, yes, on the outside is kind of a tough exterior person, but I feel like on the inside she is a very caring and deeply thoughtful person. So I feel like she would have handled it as someone who had sympathy for the person who peed their pants. (laughs) I'm just running through my head of different... Hogwarts professors and how they would have handled um, Moody, it. Matt and Moody would oh, totally boy. have been weird about it. Like he would have just been like, <laughs> his eye would have saw it probably. <laughs> how did you pee your pants? You know what I always fucking tell you. Constant vigilance. <laughs> go to the bathroom when you need to go. What would happen if you peed in Ben's class? Oh, Professor what about Ben's? Ben's is just a bad teacher, right? Can yeah, we just agree terrible. that his, his pedagogical approach is To just say terrible. stuff. To just say all yeah. the stuff. It's bad. Yeah, it's you could Trelawney, teach that class Trelawney in a much more interesting way. You could just read the like, book. Gonna... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, Tr- like I said, Trelawney. <laughs> She'd be like, I saw this coming. You'd be like, Someone's why didn't you tell us? Pants. You're going to want to bring a second yeah, pair of pants on the 13th of November. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let's see. Snape. Snape, Snape would have been just like a fucking asshole about it. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Although, I don't know. Do you think he would have embarrassed, like, one of one of the Slytherins in the same way? He might have. I don't know. He He's an... Oh, man. He's a dick. Uh, let's think about um, Lockhart. Did I ever tell you about the oh, story that I... About the time that I conquered the piss monster of Kilimanjaro... <laughs> It's in my fourth book. Farewell to feces. I don't know. Uh, Yakking it up with the Yeti. Yes. Yakking it up with the Yeti slash crossover into uh, Monster Zinc where they have yellow snow cones and they're they're pissed snow cones. Don't eat the yellow snow. Boy, Mm -mm. it took a long time, but we got there, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about ride. pee for oh, longer yeah, than I'm comfortable with. Mm, Sherry's not comfortable out. with her pee pee. Well, other people's pee pee, really. Sherry's not comfortable with my pee pee. Oh, Let's take no. this opportunity to talk about some kissy times in our Harry Potter worlds. Kissy <laughs> times. Uh, Cho Chang. What specifically? Cho- do well, there's not about? that many. There's just like three kisses, right, in the whole oh. book. Well, no. no, there's a lot of kissing between Ron and Lavender, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. There's... And then there's some smooching between... I think there's some smooching between Hermione and Crumb. Oh, yeah. You think so? There's definitely... Yeah. yeah, I definitely think so. There's I just that feel like one she's... time when uh, when Ron asks, um, you know... No, when Ginny, when Ginny says Hermione snogged Crumb um, after she gets caught with... Uh, Dean, or is it the one before Dean? Before Dean, she's dating Michael Corner. Yeah, Michael Corner. Um, no, but it's when she gets caught with Dean and Ron gets all mad and she's like, you know, Harry snogged Joe and Hermione snogged Crumb and you snogged our grandma. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you're jealous. Oh, Aunt, Aunt Muriel or whoever. Yeah, so yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure Hermione 
Yeah, crumb. she definitely did, and she's just not one to want Well, it. how do we feel about that? I mean, that's this has been much discussed over the years. I think we talked about this when my brother was on, about, like, Crumb is pretty much, like, An he's adult. several years older than, well, he's, like, he's, he's gonna be 17. He's 18. Yeah, he was... Was he? he was a sev- yeah, because mm-hmm. 17 is your... 17 is the legal age of adulthood in Wizarding World. However, yeah, and it's, the, the year- it's, a, it's a whole deal because he's actually an adult. And, like, Ron states, in the Goblet of Fire, Ron states Crumb's age to be 18. But I don't think he knows that for a fact. He says something like, um, he's only, like, 18. But I don't... Does he know for a fact that he's 18? Well, let's assume that the author has given him the correct information since nobody ever argues that fact. So Um, he's 18 and she's 15, I think, then. She's... He's 18 before the school year starts. Mm Mm-hmm. He could be 19 by the time they get around to the Yule Ball. Yeah. um, Which is... I don't know. Not that much worse. In any event... He's like three or three and a half years older than her. It really seems weird thing for her to do, but I don't know what it's like over there in that savage country <laughs> of of England in terms of how people see the age gap when you're a teenager. Although, it's not uncommon, I mean, in the world, no, in our lives, to have known people who dated, you know, people that old. It's just that our uh, perception has changed a little, you know, 18 and 19 year old. Men specifically maybe shouldn't be hanging around high schools, um, around young women. Um, sometimes it really depends on the situation. Yeah. I'm sure Crumb seemed to be a real, a real fucking yeah. nice and guy. And Hermione is a very mature, like fifteen. She is. That's true. And you know what? If she wanted to to get busy in the lockers where they all get busy, because we've established that yes, as canon, definitely. right? Uh, that's more power her to her decision. You gotta learn somewhere. Why not with somebody experienced? <laughs> Sorry, I lost y'all. We're talking about Hermione. <laughs> we were and just crumb having sex, boning crumb. Wait, is that not what we were talking in about? In the lockers. Okay. Yes, that's what we we're talking about. Well, we haven't really covered our second topic that much. Um, yes, because that Wizard. that seemed like Sherry's pet. So, kick it off, brother. Well, I was thinking about. Um, so I started off by thinking about like the the. I don't know if there's a unifying pedagogy at Hogwarts or if the teachers all have kind of different approaches and like what Mm. that looks like. But then I was also thinking about like if I were to, you know, were I a wizard and if I or witch and I were to teach a class at Hogwarts, like what would that look like? Like what, how would you design your class and like what would you want to teach? Because Sherry is teaching right now. That is true. Um, That's why she's thinking about this. Yeah, I guess. Um, but uh but yeah so i was thinking about you know the different ways that they all the t- professors um kind of run their their classes and then i was thinking about subjects that we don't really hear a lot about or like that i wonder if exist at hogwarts like we hear ancient runes <laughs> well that but like also things like um so like we hear that there are like wizard musicians and like wizard bands and stuff but like do they have music classes or art classes or because right. I kind of think, like, wizard art would be fascinating, right? Like, yeah. the things oh, yeah. you could do with magic, like, in the, you know, creation of art um, would be really interesting if you had, like, a... And yet, she doesn't spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but it seems like the only thing that's magical about the paintings is that they move around and talk. Because mm-hmm. all we can... Since there's no pictures in the books, <laughs> there are, but not of the art, 
we kind of have to go by the films, which, you know, right. I know we don't like, but um, all the paintings seem to have followed the, you know, the traditional schools of art, except that they move around. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be cool if, yeah, if they weren't all just, like, traditional and you had, you know, like a kind of Renaissance style, but also, like, a, a like, I don't like, Picasso or, like, a, um, if you like, a, I'm trying to think of things that would be really out of place at Hogwarts. Um, Impressionism? Like, a Warhol or, you know. Um, a Warhol. Yeah. Um, I don't, I honestly don't think that, um, culturally speaking, that the wizard world has moved forward at all. I mean, we see that, right? Right. There's, they're perpetually stuck in a certain time period. They have radio. They yeah. have. Well, I, it's not just television. They don't, they don't appear to have any, any print media uh, beyond newspaper and bo- or books. I mean, I don't know. I guess that that's all there is for print media, but like, well, there's no al- access to the world. Like, yeah. there's very little access to the world. So how can you... Uh, you can only get so far. I but think. they have like posters, like they have posters of sports teams and and stuff, right? Sure. So like, yeah, that's kind of a different thing They've than just some, like, like design. Yeah, it's like a different thing than just kind of like I don't know, old timey oil paintings or whatever. Like, so you'd yeah. think they might have other kinds of art, um, but I just wonder like what that looks like and how you know you could incorporate magic into like painting or sculptures or like aside from just like making it move and making it alive like right um, what other ways could well, you Well, it's interesting that in? like in what ways would the magic cuz if you look I don't know that much about art history but my understanding is that and if you look at you know the painting of human figures for example throughout history I'm not sure how the idea of like perspective developed for example, like the Egyptians always painted people from the side. From the side, yeah. Like there was no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it, you know, they started to understand the relationship between like light and the subject and distance and depth and uh, and I wonder what in a wizard's life how did boy it's really hard because I had so much wine honestly, <laughs> but how do does the way that a wizard sees the world reflect upon what they would end up painting? Right. Uh, you know, okay, so the painting of the fat lady. She describes these paintings that sound very classical. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and maybe that's just a product of it being in this old-timey castle. In a castle. So maybe in yeah. people's houses. Like, I wonder if Xenophilius Lovegood has some, like, crazy psychedelic, like, pop art on the walls. Or Oh, yeah. he's got some mm-hmm. weird shit. Yeah, like just random. I like, feel like Xenophilius Lovegood would have like retro futurist art, <laughs> don't you think? Or yeah. like, um, whoever the guys are that like uh, illustrate for like the Dungeon Master's Guide, <laughs> like <laughs> that's what he would have in his house. Oh God! No, I'm just trying to think of what different wizard houses would have like the weasleys have like a norman rock weasleys <laughs> um yes okay so let's imagine okay let's take norman rockwell's oh uh one of his most famous famous paintings which is the fucking the you know the thanksgiving one yeah the one where they're all around the table google it it's oh, very famous it's the one where that like it looks like a snapshot yeah because there's like one guy right at the bottom left with his head poking through. 
and they're all gathered around the table about to eat a turkey. Take that picture and reimagine it for the Wizarding World. Hmm. What are they sitting around? Hold on a second. They still eat turkey, obviously, but... Yeah, I don't know that anything um, would be different except for maybe, like, their, what they're wearing or, like, what's... I don't know that picture, so... Um. The, 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 the title of the picture is Freedom from Want. Aww. Depicting How the have I never seen this before? part of the American dream. It's super fucking famous. Yeah. Get with it. I mean... I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that it would necessarily be any different, except for that maybe the turkey would just be hovering and not being held. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, she would just be holding a wand out, and the turkey would be floating. And people would be dressed differently. Well, you can't even really see most of their clothes, but yeah, like, the two two people at the head of the table would be in wizard robes. This is literally a wizard painting by Norman Rockwell. He's studying the painting, and both paintings are looking at him. (laughs) That's literally it's a, a wizard, wizard painting. painting. The whole idea of privilege and, and wizard privilege and, and Harry's privilege, I, I think that my brain was having it, not a difficult time understanding it, it per se, but just like just coming to an under like a, a awareness of like in that world what it would mean and, and all of that. Yeah, I like wrap it, my like head around it. Our concept of privilege doesn't map perfectly onto what it would look like in the wizarding world. So exactly. It's hard, to, it's hard to think about that. Because um, Zach and I talk about... Uh, systemic racism uh, pretty regularly and every well, tuesday <laughs> we sit down and talk about systemic racism from seven thirty to 9 you're at target he's like uh dale you need to be home in 15 <laughs> minutes for a discussion of systemic racism he definitely frequently helps my understanding and on so many levels because that's where i want to be i want to be as understanding as i can possibly be as a white you know female because <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be ignorant to mm-hmm. what's going on. Here's one thing. Last thing that I want to throw out. I got two things. <laughs> Here's one. Um, my friend uh, Caleb was talking about. I mentioned this in the tweet, but he listened to our episode mm. where we talked about house elves, and he brought forth the point because uh, we talked a lot about how Harry Harry's uh, Im- was implicit in. In the further uh, right. exploitation of house elves. And he brought up the point that Harry was the only one of the main characters that we know of who actually freed a house elf. Um, so he's got that. However, he mm-hmm. didn't free his own house elf. Uh, he freed somebody else's as uh, as a generous act, but also as a ultimately as a fuck you to Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Right. It I mean, I think, fuck- I think it was equal parts of generous. Fuck you to Lucius, yeah. So, uh... Point taken, Caleb, but we've not even, I've handily refuted it, so uh, bring your A-game next time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm joking. I don't know if you guys have any comments on that. I feel like we covered the the whole house elf topic on multiple occasions. It was definitely a hoodwink on his part. I mean, he like, it was a hoodwink to to Lucius because he made it so that Lucius freed. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how it has to happen, yeah. Do we even have the mental energy to try to come up with, uh, we did this thing last time where we took song titles and tried to come up with fan <laughs> fiction stories. Yeah, we I, should do that. What's we should actually keep doing that. Well, um, a piece of news to the world, um, have y'all, if you've, <laughs> if you followed Harry Potter fan fiction at all in your life, you've heard of the most famous one called, uh, My Immortal. Have you ever heard of this one? 
I read something about this the other day. I didn't know it was no. Harry Potter fanfiction. Yes, fiction, it though. is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the best worst fanfiction um, piece that's ever been written. It stars a very much a Mary Sue named I can't even remember, but it's basically like she's in love with Draco, and Draco's like an emo kid. Also, she's a vampire, if I'm not mistaken, and then he also becomes a vampire, and then also. Harry Potter becomes a vampire and just goes by the name Vampire. <laughs> and then uh, Hermione also becomes a vampire and goes by the name Bloody Mary. Um, Bloody Mary Smith. Because she found out she was adopted and she was really a vampire. You got... It's hard to read. It's difficult to read. Oh, so there was something about the author. So supposedly the author of this outed herself uh, a while back and was uh, had written an autobiography, but sadly it was maybe came to light that maybe she misrepresented herself in some ways uh up to and including the fact that she may not have actually been the the author of this story um which is a shame because uh if you are ever to read this story i i will uh, you it's so bad that it might be intentional like it might be parody it's hard to tell she spends a lot of time explaining her outfits I, I I got out of my uh, crushed velvet pink lined coffin and put on my fishnets, my chemical romance t-shirt and thigh high boots and uh, and then oh she if I'm not mistaken she and Draco go to a good Charlotte concert. Oh my, oh my god. god! So anyway, um, that made me think. My immortal was uh, of course a song by Evanescence. It, yes. Um, yes. So perfect, perfect example of taking, because they're mortals. Taking a song. Right. Mm-hmm. They're vampires. Yeah. So I thought I would take uh, the only other Evanescent song I know, which is that, <laughs> wake me up inside. You know, that's such a, it's such a meme <laughs> now, that song. So that's our song for tonight? Well, that's mine. So the Wake Me Up by Evanescence is going to be a serious a serious piece of fan fiction about uh Jesus Christ. Uh somebody has to be in an enchanted sleep. Jesus Christ. Jesus someone has to be who's gonna be in, in an enchanted sleep? Neville Longbottom. Okay. Neville Longbottom has been uh has oh God, obviously this has to be about the basilisk, right? Though? He's in potions class. No. You do yours. You do yours and I'll do mine. We'll both do this wake me up story. He's in potions class and they're doing the draft of living death, right? Okay, that's great. Like he's making it and like a drop splashes up into his mouth. Uh Uh-huh. Like one drop of Uh it. Wait, who? This is Neville. He just passes out. Who are we shipping with Neville? I'm going to say Hermione. I'm going to say Hermione only because it seems... It seems like she would be like, okay, so she shows concern for him, right? Like he's like passed out, just like, oh gosh, you okay? And he, you know, of course, is still out cold. And Madame Pomfrey comes and gets him. And Hermione is like really concerned for him. And like, obviously, she's like grappling with these feelings because she feels like, (laughs) am I, what, why do I care so much? Like, it's almost like she doesn't quite understand. I love what is happening because you are perfectly describing every fucking fan fiction. Why is this happening? What's this feeling down below? 
He's he's ridiculous. Why do I love him? Oh, this has to happen after the transition from blob long bottom to hot long bottom. Yes. Right? Okay, so he's hot now, right? In this one. And so she's yeah. like, why do I like she starts seeing him in this new light. She's like, who what what's going on? She goes in the middle of the night and she's like yes. and she like plays with his hair and she's like, Neville, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> And then she, like, leans okay. in, and then she's, like, about to kiss him. And then something happens. This is, like, a, round, like a roundabout okay. story. Okay. This is all from Harry Potter's... Nope. This is all from Hermione's point of view. This all that right. you described. Mm-hmm. Right? So, there's a perspective shift, uh, shift in okay. Chapter 2. And we see it from, from Neville's point of view. And what we find out is that even though he is... Uh, he has been affected by the draft of living death because he only got a drop of it. Or maybe this is just how the potion works. He's fully conscious. It's like he's in a coma or like not a coma, but like, you know, he's fully conscious in his mind. He just can't react to anything. So he is watching all of this trapped from a prison. Yes. Hermione doesn't know that because it's a, it's an anomaly. We'll say it's an anomaly because of the way in which he badly did his potion. She visits him every day, and she's falling more and more in love with him. He's falling more and more in love with her and the sound of her voice. She's the only one that comes to visit him mm-hmm. in the hospital wing. And uh, so so, so one thing that happens in a lot of these romantic fan fictions is that um, they'll take uh, lyrics from the song and intersperse them throughout the chapter. So let's look at some lyrics from the Evanescence song. <laughs> Wake me up inside. This is my favorite. How can you see into my eyes like open mm. doors? <laughs> Lead. Okay. Leading you down into my core where I've become so numb without a soul. My spirit's sleeping somewhere cold until you find it there and lead it back home. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. You know, etc. So this is him speaking mm. to her. But she's also uh-huh. speaking it to him because his is yeah. his is literal. Right. He needs her to help him wake up, but she wants him to reach back. What's the cure for the drought of living death? Is it the same as like the basilisk? Like, is it mandrake? It'd be really cool if it's mandrakes, and you know, like the mandrakes, you have to grow them up into you know they have to grow up, and then you can use them. So, what if while she's trying to get the mandrakes ready, like her earmuffs slip off, and she hears them crying, and then she goes into a coma too, <laughs> and then and then he wakes up, but then she's in a coma. That's a fucking twist. That's all I got. <laughs> they just actually die. Okay, no, I I like I I like the idea that she's leaning in for a kiss and. Boy, we are just gonna keep going with this. Oh no, wait, did we just dismiss my whole my whole addition to the story? Oh, definitely, definitely. That's gonna be a second story. She's leaning in for a kiss. She kisses him, and then he wakes up sleeping, a la Sleeping Beauty, right? Like the love of her kiss has awakened him from sleep. <laughs> Guys, it's much better in a weird Romeo and Juliet sort of way where they both just end up in comas. <laughs> yes, but there's no stakes. If they're not going to (laughs) die, there's no stakes. Call my name and save me from the dark. Bid my (laughs) blood to run. Before I come undone, save me from the nothing I've become. The hag, Letitia Somnolens, used the draft in an attempt to kill a princess who made her jealous. A prince who placed 
Wiganwald potion on his lips, revive the princess with a kiss. What's Wiganwald potion made of? Uh, um, let me look it up. <laughs> boy, boy, we're getting deep in this rabbit hole. Okay, it's one pint of hork lump juice, two drops of flobberworm mucus, seven chiz purple fangs, billywig, sting slime, a sprig of mint, boomberry juice, mm. one stewed mandrake. So there are mandrakes involved. Told you. I knew there would be drops, mandrakes. Drops of honey water, sloth brain mucus, moon dew drops, salamander blood, ten lionfish spines. Jesus. Unicorn horn. Wait, which, the, which potion which, is this? Wait, the Wiganwald potion that works as an antidote to and, the draft of sleeping okay. or of, of death or whatever. So we can we can say that maybe uh, Hermione yeah. is the only is the one that starts stewing this potion and then like puts it on her lips. Oh no 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 no! So Hermione is making the potion and then she goes into a coma. And then Draco comes to visit. Why do you want Hermione then, then to go Draco into a coma? Draco comes to visit her in the hospital. And then... She wants a love triangle, just like in Grey's Anatomy. And then Draco falls in love with her, and she's in a coma. And then he falls asleep, and then Neville wakes up, and he falls in love with Draco. And then, then Madame Pomfrey it falls in love with all three of them. Guys, I think we all know that Neville's real love interest is Professor Sprout. No, that's like his mom. Oh, hi. Also, pr- Professor Sprout is a lesbian. Do you think days. that uh, Professor <laughs> Sprout and Madame Pomfrey have a little thing going on? Yes. I think Professor Sprout and who the fuck is the goddamn gym teacher? Oh, oh, Hooch. Madame Hooch and <gasps> Professor Sprout. Yeah. Oh, wait, let's, let's talk about this. Maybe they've all had... Okay, let's see. Who is the ex? Professor X and, and Madame Pomfrey. Professor X. <laughs> what did I say? Like a Professor Xavier. Sorry. Professor Sprout. He's like, and He's just like going around in his wheelchair, reading people's minds. But like, you got to think about the fact that like all the professors just like live in their houses, like on, like at Hogwarts right. and like they don't go home to their families. So exactly. like they have There's to all be, be looking lot out, right? Professor of Sprout like, um, and, and Madame Pomfrey. Uh, are are exes, right? But now Professor okay, right. Sprout and has got Madame Hooch is her new hotness. And okay. uh, so in this fan fiction, what are we going to entitle this? Um, what's a song about being on the outside looking in? Um, that, oh isn't that the name of a song? Is it? It probably is. Um. I've decided that the name of the story is Please Don't Go Girl. By new kids on the block. <gasps> Please don't yes. go, girl. You would ruin my whole. Nope, I've changed my mind. The song title of the story of how Poppy and Professor Sprout are breaking up, and she's Professor Sprout is moving on, is the classic boys to men song "Water Runs Dry." Yeah. <laughs> Which one is we that one? We don't even talk anymore. Oh, nice. Uh, we don't even know what we argue about. I'm really sad that this relationship broke up that I'm that we invented in our minds. We need to write down every song that we mention and then make like a playlist. playlist. Okay, here's my here's my final my final uh, love triangle song suggestion because it's so on the nose. Because okay, let's say Snape and Lupin, right? Classic. Mm-hmm. 
Classic. I can't get behind that. You can't. <gasps> I can get with totally. it. This is I fan fiction. Totally Anything's possible. You can't help what your dick is into. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I just <laughs> Snape yeah. and Lupin. Snape, Snape, you make my wiener feel weird. No, he makes his wiener feel nice. That's the whole deal. Uh, it's, but it's but it's 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 unsettling. But obviously, because it's not as Sherry is suggesting, it's not a good relationship. They hate each other so much. But they don't. They do when they don't. Their dicks are fine with each other. Okay, Lupin decides he needs to get out of this obviously abusive relationship. And Snape is like, but you didn't have to cut me off. (laughs) Hide your wand and then take all of my fucking potions. I don't know. (laughs) So this is Snape singing to Lupin is what I'm thinking because Lupin left the relationship, right? Oh, okay. And that sucks because that means that Snape's not going to make him his Wolfsbane Wolfsbane Mm -hmm. potion anymore. So. Oh, well then the um, other way, it's like, she didn't have to cut me off. No, because <laughs> now I don't have anyone to make my fucking potion. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a wolf <laughs> and I'll kill all of those children and it, it'll be so rough. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dog, see? Oh, boy. Yep. Comedy gold. I really gold. hope that you will record an actual version of yourself singing. Please. Song. I'll never Please. do that. So, uh, we did what we could do with this, <laughs> I think. Um, do we want to do a spell? Text me. Hmm? Oh, yeah, the text me. Text me. Text me spell. What? Text me. Oh, like you can text with your wand. We're, We're making, did you guys it. already decide that? No, I was just making fun of our, our earlier conversation. Oh. <laughs> Via wand, like somehow there's this new way that you can send a text via wand where you wait, hold on, tell the wand what you wanted to say to your friend, and then it sends it right. And then, yeah, or shouldn't we have a way that people can magically leave you a message? Like, yeah, but uh, no, wait, no, I I mean, a way to leave a magical message, like, like a voicemail. Oh, I get it, I get it. Okay, you know how like they put their wand on their throat and they're like. And they can project their voice. How about this? They put their wand up to their ear and they whisper something, and then they send it the way up to their mouth. Yeah, and then it and or yeah, up to their (laughs) mouth, and then they send it, and then the person can put it up to their ear. Yeah, and then it like says it. But done. But what if you're away from your wand? I want to know what later. the mess. I Why want to know what the outgoing, that? what the spell is to put an outgoing message um, on, your, on your wand, so that somebody tries to uh, to message you. Text um, me. No, I mean if they text you, do you remember? Okay, here's another. Um, here's something that's current. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger is dying, right? Yeah, it's being put to put that. to rest. Remember what you used to put up when you were away. Your outgoing uh, message? Yeah, your your like song lyrics, like I'm not here right now. My away message. What? That's what it's called. Your away yeah, message. Your away message. Right? Yeah. So what's your? I think we should have two spells. We should have text me. Uh-huh. But you need to also have a spell for when you're away from your device. You're away from your wand. Mm-hmm. But would you ever be away from your wand? You're not able to answer it because you're in class. Okay. So what? How? What do we call our uh, away message? It's always song lyrics, right? Which ties into our... It's usually song lyrics. Sorry, I'm not home right now walking in this... And a spider <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. 
you just Stefanio? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, Stefanio. And then that's and then that song will play. There's only one song lyric in all of. That's the only. That's the only Muggle song they know. So everybody's everybody's wand puts up that away a message. So uh, text me is what you want to say whenever you are texting somebody. But if they're not there, they've they've Stefanioed their wand. <laughs> It's not going to be nearly as funny when we listen to it in a couple weeks. Uh, this has been the Sorting Chat. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you haven't yet, visit our website at www.thesortingchat.com. Thanks for listening. And uh, what was our spell? Uh, Stefanio. Well, you do one. Sherry, you do text me, and then she'll do Stefanio. That's what we did. <laughs> All right. Bye. We're out. We're out of peace. Bye. Love you. Bye.